This is Revisiting Haven. Hey, Havenites. This is Amy J. And with me today is... Hi, this is Amy S. The other Amy. Guys, we are in for such a treat. If you have not already watched Just Passing Through, episode 20 of season 5 of Haven, you are missing out. Yes, what a, a treat. It was It was a one, written by the Haven creators, Sam Ernst and Jim Dunn, and it was so much fun for us viewers to see this episode with uh, so many pivotal key moments, and it was written by the, the creators of the show. And if you were on social media and paying attention to the things people were saying, that fans were tweeting, I think a large consensus said that this is one of their favorite episodes of the series. Yes, I think I saw a lot of that as well, Amy. Well, we learned so much, and um, I think the relationships amongst all of the, our characters were so strong in this uh, episode. It was just, it was, like you said, Amy, it was a real treat. Absolutely, and we had questions, we had um, amazing scenes, we had returns, favorite characters, and we don't have any news, so we're just going to jump right into it. Is that okay with you, Amy? Yes. Yeah, let's let's go for it. All right, let's talk about the initial scene. We, we have jumped into this. Uh-huh. Nathan is interrogating kindly Dave. Poor guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know that Nathan and Audrey understood right away that Dave didn't kill Charlotte of his own free will, that something was going on. Um, yeah, so Dave was trying to get the details out of uh, Dave, and Dave was very remorseful. Dave was uh, broken, heartbroken, uh, crestfallen, whatever the cliches might be. He just he was, I felt so bad for Dave in this, this moment. You know, I think you're absolutely right in saying crestfallen and heartbroken because he is, he's, he's done these terrible things. He's always believed that he had some role to play in the Colorado kids murder. Right. And, you know, even worse being the fact that Colorado kid, James Kogan is Nathan and Audrey's son. Yes. And he's, and these Nathan and Audrey are friends of, uh, Dave's, as was Lucy, as was Sarah, and for him to know that he's killed their son, I mean, come on, that's that's not an easy burden for him to be dealing with. No, and then to realize, hey, it's not only happened in 1983, but right. hey, it's happening again, and I may have been, again, unwittingly, a tool to kill a friend, Charlotte. Right. Yes, yes. And you could see the, the devastation on his face, and you could see Nathan trying to put these pieces together and the revelation of a mystery woman that we never heard about in all these seasons that existed when uh, the Colorado kid passed away. Right. Who was there at at the iconic scene, the newspaper shot. Um, I don't think she's in the photo, right? But there was another person there. And that's this person that uh, um, Dave, does David, Dave doesn't identify her. Lucy's the one who actually gives us her name later on. But yeah, Nathan puts two and two together, right? Yeah. Dave just remembers that there was a mystery woman there. He doesn't remember who she is. Right. And, exactly. you know, time and, and whatnot can do that to someone. But I got to say, let me, let me make a note real quick. Nathan has been really on the ball. Or is that oh just my, me? No, you're in my brain. I was just going to say, Nathan has been, he has not missed a beat. He has figured everything out. He just like, you know, the intelligence of Detective Nathan Warnos has been quite awesome. And I think he's saving Haven, saving Haven through his sacrifices and his love with Audrey, but also just through his intelligence and how to resolve all these things and come up with answers. Well, it's interesting to me because I've noticed in the last few episodes, I'm curious, and maybe something to ask um, the writers on Twitter, you know, ever in season 5B forward, uh-huh. there's been a very, there's been a change in Nathan's operation in how okay. he's been doing things, right? You've uh-huh. seen people turn to him for questions. Yes. Audrey asks, hey, 
what's the plan now? And he's like, hey, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. And same with Dwight. Who's the guy you send to, you know, fix the power station? Right. Yeah, it was Nathan. Nathan, right? He's, yes. He seems to be the go-to guy now more than ever. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's uh, more than Audrey. I'm just, I just feel that because Audrey's been incapacitated in one way or the other with these multiple personalities, with um, the Hunter meteor shower, Nathan mm-hmm. has stepped up in his role and has actually probably had more experience uh, than current Audrey Yes, in dealing with the troubles and, and fixing them and trying to save Haven with it. Yeah, and I, I feel that, yeah, Nathan's doing a little more than Audrey um, in some regard. I think... From 5B onwards, we've seen the troubles are such that, you know, Nathan needs to attack it from one, one angle and Audrey needs to attack it from another. And we haven't seen them working side by side as much. And it almost seems like when Nathan's off working on things, he's got the bigger thing to resolve or the bigger issue to work with. Um, it's kind of subtle, but that's kind of what it seems like to me. That's and actually that's- a really good point, because if you remember when Nathan goes to the power station, yeah. Audrey could easily go with him because she's just as equipped to handle the troubles. Right. But they need someone to stay back and handle the darkness trouble. Right. Right. So there's always something, a reason for the two power, the power duo to split up because there's so much going on. Someone has to watch out for things. You can't put your, all your best resources in one place. Right. And then like, you know, um, with Enter Sandman, you know, Audrey was the victim of the Sandman and Nathan had to resolve the trouble by kind of helping to talk her out of it. Um, of course, everybody played a part in resolving it, but it does seem like the the way they work off each other is a little different right now. And um, Nathan's just seems a smidge more in the forefront. Yeah. And I'm curious if that's purposeful um, or if we're going to see more of that because, um, you know, he came up with this plan, you know, so he knows yeah. about Dave, he takes Audrey and they go visit the iconic scene that we know. Right. Yes. From, from the very opening of Haven and the very first episode, and, and that photo is in the credits, as we all know, is the opening credits role for Haven with our music and everything. And, you know, Audrey comes into town into episode one. Who is she, your mother? Nathan says to her, she says, I don't know. I mean, so we got, that is where they are talking to each other now, that scene of the Colorado kids passing. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how that, um, how that works and right. what they're doing with it. And you know, Nathan's like, Hey, but what if it's not this time? And so they go into the past. He comes up with the idea. Hey, let's go to the past. Because uh, they got to find the lady. They've got to find out who this mystery woman is because we think that's how she's the one who knows about the thinnies. Um, no, wait a minute. Um, they have to go to the past to find the mystery woman because there was a thinny. Right. And she and, somehow and, is linked right. to it. And Nathan knows he needs the thinny to get into the void, to get the controller crystal to build a new barn to save Haven. Good summary. So th- yes. Right. Right. So that's what we're doing. Nathan's going back to find out about that thinny. And the thing is, you know, because of Stuart Mosley's trouble, Audrey is unable to go with him right. to the past. And so yes. um, we see that Na- that Vince volunteers to go with Nathan to the past. And we have a great banter. And let's talk about Agent Butterworth uh, really uh, quick. Okay. Audrey. I loved it. Audrey, I love you for not only making Nathan making Nathan an FBI agent as you were, but for giving him the name of Nathan Butterworth in honor of the pancakes. And <laughs> that makes her Mrs. Butterworth, which is the best part of it. Yes, Audrey knew, so she was calling herself Mrs. Butterworth when she did that. It's very love cute, it. very love cute. It. And so you know, we go we go to the past, and let's let's talk before we go into all the other things that are happening. Let's talk about Vince and Dave. Well, and Vince's motivation 
to go well, back. Yes, it was interesting because, you know, they were given, they went back with instructions from Audrey and their own understanding that you, you have to do not make an impact. Don't do anything a consequence. Audrey said, be like mice. Yeah, they're keep, terrible at that. Keep your interactions small. I, I have an instance where I think Nathan followed that rule specifically, but Vince was all of a sudden on a mission to save Dave, right? Yeah. So um, you can't blame him. No, I can't. And this is the thing. You go from thanks for the memories where Vince is shooting Dave, right, with a train gun, <laughs> to Vince who's willing to go to the past at risk to himself to right. try and stop Dave from being brought in he, by Croatoan. Right. So was, was Vince willing to just take the sacrifices of what was going to happen to the present-day Haven if he did all this stuff in 1983 just to save his brother? Yes. So it was a little selfish, but again, it was his brother's life. It was it was selfish in some ways, but you also have to think that it was also a possibility that it could have saved things, right? Yes, if he saves yes, Dave, yes. Yeah. then That's Dave it. doesn't kill the Colorado mm -hmm. kid, which changes everything. Right. So so Vince took the risk that if he changed it, that, that the outcome would be good because the Colorado kid wouldn't be killed and whatnot. And we know Vince has seen Dave in present day Haven being tortured by these memories and these dreams and the nightmares and, you know, the, the wound on his leg when he fell into the void almost. And so Vince has seen all the suffering that Dave has gone through at the hands of this, right? Yep. Um, so he wants to uh, save him now and prevent all this from happening to him in present day. Yeah, and let's let's take a moment and we have to talk about the amazing acting of Jonathan Crombie. Is it Crombie? Yes. Yes, Jonathan Crombie. Amazing acting for someone to come in, portray the younger version of, of Dave an, Teagues. Of yeah. a character, Dave Teagues, and capture the mannerisms, the the the, the way he speaks, yes. everything. Yes. So it believable. made us really believe it was him. So believable. Exactly. Yeah, I'm giving him, uh, he's the kudos of the, of the episode. If I still did that, that's absolutely him. Okay. Okay. He, he, I, I think the casting of him and uh, uh, the person who played Garland, just top-notch casting. Those actors really brought it. Absolutely. Yes. And of note, Jonathan Crombie, guys, is, um, for anyone who wants to be dated, is Gilbert from Anne of Green Gables. Okay. I don't really know what that means. I know I read really? that. Really? I don't. You never really watched the movies? No, sorry. Wow. Okay, guys. So <laughs> anybody else? It's Gilbert. Um, so anyway, it, it was wonderful. Um, sorry to say, let's take a moment. Um, unfortunately, we just learned that, uh, I just learned that Jonathan yeah. Crombie passed away in this past April 15th uh, from yeah. a brain hemorrhage. So very uh, sad. Very sad. Our thoughts and prayers with the family. That's a loss. Yes. Absolutely. And so um, he he brought his his efforts and his acting and his talents to Haven. And we are so thankful for that. And he really yes. raised this episode. This episode was fantastic from top to bottom, but also because of his his acting. Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. And so and then, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So um, so Dave and Vince, interesting, again, um, that Vince was willing to take those risks and alter time. Do you want to um, talk about... Uh, Lucy and uh, James? Yeah. Okay. Now, welcome back to one of our favorite characters. Steve Lund. Oh, well, the, James, played by Steve Lund. You've been asked for by, by fans since you first appeared on the scene. 
That's true. Everybody has been asking ever since thanks for the memories and we saw James. Mm -hmm. um, where is he? Where has he been all these years? What happened to him? Is he live? Where is he? Um, are Nathan and Audrey or Nathan and Lucy ever going to have some discussion about him? And he was back this episode. He was back and we got to see him and it was great. I think um, so we saw him previously in real estate. Yes, and that was a we had a glimpse of Lucy in real estate, and this episode brought us our chance to really uh, learn about uh, Lucy and learn her character and what she was like. And as always, huge kudos to Emily Rose for playing another persona and and um, showing us a different character who is different but is still underneath Audrey. And I think we as viewers can see that um, that common thread that there's always some Audrey in these characters. Um, as Vince even said in Magic Hour Part 2, somehow underneath you're always the same. Yep. Um, so kudos to Emily Rose. And it was fun for all of us to finally see Lucy, you know, the, the gal in the iconic Colorado Kid photo. Um, although her, her mission and her plight in this episode was very sad, very heartbreaking. It was, it was actually very... Um, I, was, I was surprised to see the side of Lucy, which is also Audrey, which is also Sarah, which is also Mara. Um, uh -huh this maternal side of okay. her with James with, well, yeah. Cause yeah. We, we've seen Sarah and we've mm -hmm. seen Audrey and we saw briefly a glimpse of Lucy from real estate where she was very, uh, detective like. Yes. And so, you know, here's a, the flip side. We saw Lucy as, um, a former girlfriend with uh -huh. Garland. And now we're right. seeing her as a mother with a mother to James to James. And I thought it was great we got so much information in this episode about Lucy just from those few scenes. Yes. And she was, um, in this episode, Lucy was at the moment where she knew the barn was coming and she was willing to go into the barn because the troubles would end for 27 years if she goes into the barn. So she was willing to say goodbye to James and all her friends in Haven. Um, and she was taking that one last walk with James out on the beach. And she was, she had overheard Garland and, um, Nathan talking and learned how she could end the troubles forever if she killed the one she loves. In this episode, it was James. Uh, I was stunned, Amy, that she was going to kill him. So, it's interesting. Okay. Can you hear anything? Yeah, you're there. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it's interesting that that was what we saw, right? That she yes. raised the gun to him. And so it's almost like, oh, Lucy, what? Right. And, and she and, was, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it, it's, it's interesting to see the fact that she went that far to, yes, that, well, so we have that common thread in all of Audrey and her personas, and especially Audrey in present day Haven of, you know, sacrificing and what do I have to do to end the troubles? What do I have to do to save the town? Um, so she was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Now, I didn't know if she was more willing to do it because she had only known James for a short time because James came to Haven and found her. Remember she said she was, Lucy said she was just passing through until she hooked up or till, excuse me, until, until James found her till she met James in Haven. Right. And he gave her some comfort or some purpose or whatever words I should be using. So I didn't know if she was more willing to kill him because she didn't have a long-term relationship with him. You know, I don't, um, I, I'm not sure she would have actually pulled the trigger. Okay. okay. See, and, and that's, that's one thing. I mean, we saw Nathan stop her, but I think she may have stopped herself. Uh, she may have stopped herself before you bring then. Up, 
that is such a valid point, Amy. I'm just jumping to the conclusion she would have pulled the trigger. You're right. We don't know. That's a very good point. I mean, because the other thing we, we knew was that the guard had put a gun to her head, essentially, you know, uh-huh. threatening James for right. her to go into the barn. Yes, 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 yes. Right? So I don't, yeah. I, I find it difficult to believe that she would have done it. Yeah, I don't um, think it's it's so black and white that, yes, she would have pulled the trigger, right? Now, let's play devil's advocate. If she had okay. pulled the trigger. Yes. I th- I think it is a hellish choice for a mother to be forced to make. Without a doubt, yeah. And um, I think that is the whole reason behind the sacrifice, uh-huh. um, the greater good and whatnot. It's almost as though uh, if we go back to Crush. Yeah, you, I was, you were reading my mind, that scene with uh, Nathan and Audrey, and Audrey needed at that moment when we still thought you, Audrey had to kill the one she loved, and she was willing to do it. So there's that total parallel, each of these personalities, Lucy and Audrey, at that one moment, they were willing to kill the one they love, right? Yeah, and, and Nathan's comment still holds. It's the most loving thing they could have done. Right. I still don't think that Audrey might have... I'm not sure if the, either of them would have pulled it, Lucy or Audrey. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I appreciate that you uh, opening my eyes a little bit more to that issue, Amy. And we don't know for a fact that Lucy would ind- have indeed pulled the trigger. So you're absolutely right. And Nathan gets there in the nick of time because, as we know, she couldn't kill him because we need to get things uh, working the way they are supposed to. So Nathan can get safely back to present day Haven. Right. And so before we talk about Lucy and Nathan, let's talk about Nathan and Garland. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, let's give a shout-out to Landy Cannon. That is the actor who played Garland. Um, to the T. He yes. also did a wonderful job. Yeah. The mannerisms, the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I love that Nathan – okay, Nathan just got a kick out of it at first when he was talking to Garland before Garland knew he was Nathan Warnos, his son. And Nathan was just kind of laughing, right? It was so funny, his early interactions with Garland. Um. That one scene when Nathan even says to him, thanks, Garland. <laughs> but um, I found this this relationship, the, the scenes with Nathan and Garland, on Nathan's behalf, I thought it was kind of healing, cathartic, brought him closure, gave him some peace of mind about his relationship with his dad. I felt as a viewer, we always knew his dad was hard on him and his dad was preparing him for the troubles. But it seems now Nathan himself feels comfortable with that. And that's what was happening. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, how often do do kids get to call their parents by their first name? And Nathan <laughs> lived that up. I mean, he, he ate it up that moment. And he knew his father. He knew what was what was going on and what, what um, they would have or, or feel. And so it, it's interesting to, to see that relationship, especially knowing how the chief, which is older Garland, treated Nathan. Well, remember like in Fur when... Um, the, uh, the chief said to Audrey, I'm just hoping, you know, why do you think I'm glad you're here? I'm just hoping some of this rubs off on him talking about uh, Nathan and, and Audrey says to Garland, you know, he's better at this than you think. Um, and like even at Garland's death scene, I think he was saying some things to the, to the effect of, you know, Nathan being ready or not ready. Um, yeah, Garland was very hard on him. And you have you have what Nathan was saying as well, right? You have Nathan saying it actually makes a lot of sense. He was preparing right. me for this. Now. Real quick, this is this is a little uh, time travel thing for everybody. So, past Garland interacted with future Nathan. Yes. Past Garland was aware of that when he became the chief as he was raising young Nathan. Mm-hmm. And so, everything he was doing was because he knew what Nathan told him, that actually right. by killing 
your loved one, you don't just, you don't save the troubles, you kill everyone. Yes. So he was aware of that. So props to Nathan for helping in that way too. Yeah. And so it also makes sense, again, why Chief didn't want Nathan to fall for Audrey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Does everybody get that? Because then that would mean Audrey, Audrey. would believe that she had to kill Nathan to right. stop the troubles. Yes. So he was trying to save, Garland was trying to save Nathan by warning him not to fall in love with Audrey. All that being said, it still comes back for me to the fact that secrets are terrible in Haven and everyone should just be open. Oh, well, that's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but that you, because, you see what would happen because, if you were honest. Yeah, but the troubles themselves have been kept quiet and kept secret until just this, this episode when, you know, Dwight dropped the mic in that scene and told everybody about, told the whole town about it after he and Nathan had just told all the police police officers about it in, in the police department. So, but secrets in Haven have gone, you know, ha secrets and Haven, secrets in Haven have gone hand in hand until this uh, season 5B, yeah. Absolutely, and it's also interesting the fact that after Howard told Gar Garland that, Right. right. Nathan corrects him and says, hey, he left something out. This yes. is also what's happening. Then we go to season one. Okay. And Howard is still interacting with Garland. Garland is interacting with Howard. I wonder how much of it Garland was like, I know your game. Okay. Or I know there's something else going on. You're not telling me everything. You know, so I feel like uh, Chief's eyes were opened up in that instance with Nathan telling him that information. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, they both helped each other out a lot. Um, you know, it's funny that Nathan went back in time and helped his dad to learn how to raise Nathan. <laughs> it's kind of hard to verbalize here, but um, yeah, Nathan's dad was so hard on Nathan because Nathan told him to be in a roundabout way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is future Nathan influenced Garland in his raising of young Nathan. Right. And all the pain and torture that young Nathan and um, Officer Nathan Warnos uh, kind of felt that he was suffering at the hands of his father was his own doing. Yep. Because adult Nathan <laughs> had gone back. You know, it's just so crazy how these time travel things work. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's wonderful to see that Nathan got to acknowledge to his father that he is the man he is today, thanks yes. to Garland, and that Garland yes. got to see the man he raised. Right, and I felt that there was, um, I, again, it's that overused word closure, but. I felt that there was a lot of closure for Nathan with his relationship with Garland in this episode, even though Garland died a short time ago. Really and I do was. want to give a quick shout out to Sam and Jim for including the Bronco in this episode. Um, the, the, the cute scene between Nathan and Garland and the Bronco. I just love that the Bronco was still the Bronco here in 1983 Haven. Oh, it totally was. <laughs> the inception uh, of the Bronco. There we go. Love that car. It's an important part of Nathan and uh, part of Haven, if you ask me. Yeah, and we got to talk about the one other uh, relationship before the final thing that was epic. Yes. In a sense. Capital E, capital P, capital I, capital C, epic. Lucy and Nathan. So you there know, was a I spark. There was a spark. There was? Or there, there was, was a moment. Remember when they gave the pen? Yes. And I also want to say that, you know, Nathan was very careful after that moment. You know, he, I thought, you know, he tried to get away from her and he didn't hand her the pen back. He left it on the windowsill to return it to her. I thought Nathan did a good job in that scene. Like I got to limit my interactions. I can't change everything. I thought he acted very appropriately in trying to um, leave, leave the room and, and not uh, stay with Lucy in that particular moment. Very much so. Very much so. But he yeah. couldn't help it when he had to stop her from 
uh, making a mistake if that's what she was going to do. And he, he also, just like Vince, forgot that he was supposed to be like a mice, be like yeah, mice, right. and did, uh, yeah. spilled the beans. Well, when he when he said use the word pinged Garland. No, when he when he told Lucy that he's James's father. Oh yes, okay. Yeah. He spilled the beans, and um, I'm not sure he could have gotten away without telling her. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, uh, I don't think he would have been able to because how do you explain? I do understand that's my son. Yeah, you well, know? well, Lucy was very willing and accepting of everything Nathan told her. I I thought. Um, she, she kind of said, oh, I knew there was something about, Sim- it was similar to when Sarah first met Nathan. There were lots of continuities for me when Lucy was working, meeting Nathan in that particular scene. Um, and again, we know there's some, there's Audrey, you know, Nathan finds a bit of his current love, Audrey in Sarah and in Lucy. Um, we've heard Vince say to, uh, Audrey, somehow underneath you're always the same. We heard Audrey say to Nathan in magic hour too, when she thought he was dead, I have always loved you. I always will. Um, we heard Audrey say in, um, trouble with the troubles, uh, when speaking about Nathan, she said to officer Duke, I'll find him somehow. I always do. Um, so I think by this point in our series of Haven, there is a connection between all these beings and Nathan. Yes. And yeah, I don't know if anybody else remembers back in season three during okay. Sarah, when, when people were like, Oh, Nathan, you betrayed Audrey. But a lot of people, that's not how it really was intended. And it's one of right. those things where, you know, he was in a tough spot. He didn't think he would have Audrey thought he had he, lost her forever. Right. And he was caught he, up in the motions. And he, and in Sarah, he also didn't know if he was going to get back to present day either. Right. So with all of that, there was always a, a connection. He always saw Audrey yeah. in each of these um, alter egos, if you will. And Absolutely. Lucy was no different. And with yes. Lucy, you know, you could see her connection to Nathan and how she thought he was fighting to save them together. Yes. And um, I, I, yes. Go ahead. No, I, w- I found that scene between Lucy and Nathan to be one of the most powerful scenes we've seen in Haven. Um I just, uh, I loved how Lucy just kind of believed him and trusted him. And, um, of course she didn't want to let her son die, but, um, she trusted Nathan just like she did in Sarah that, you know, Nathan said to Sarah, you don't know why, but you trust me. And Sarah said, I do. Um, and Lucy just felt she had to do, you know, she was okay with doing what Nathan said had to be done. I kind of got that vibe from her and she went for him a little bit too. Remember that would just like Sarah did, um, so anyhow, but it was so heartbreaking, Amy, that scene. How about, could you, it was just terrible. I think for both of them to, for to both. Yeah. It, it is never easy for a parent to watch their child die. Oh it is God, even so more heartbreaking for a parent to watch their child die and know you can't do anything about it. Exactly. That is the crux of the issue right there or of the scene is that it was happening and they could not interfere. Now I felt for Nathan, of course it I don't want to say it was easy, but he knew that he couldn't change the past. He couldn't change the scene. And he knew if things went appropriately as they had to happen here with Lucy, that he would get back to Audrey, his love, and back to present day. I'm sure, although we didn't see a scene, I'm sure Audrey said something to Nathan, like, come back to me or be careful and I'll see you again soon. I'm, well, I can't, I, I think, you know. I think the other thing is, though, that Nathan also has the benefit of hindsight and the fact that he knows that, James has to die, but James will be put in the barn and James will be okay. But he can't tell Lucy that. 
Right, and he also knows that Audrey, his present-day Audrey, who's the only version of Lucy, Sarah, Mar, whatever, the only one that's still around is our present-day Audrey. He knows she doesn't have the emotion and the pain and the remembering of this scene of what's happening right here. So I think that also made it okay. And But on Lucy's part, I felt, you know, she had Nathan's comfort and compassion and caring when she had to go through this, knowing that James was dying. She wasn't alone this time. Um, I thought I found a little bit of solace in that. Yeah, and we got to talk about James's death. Um, one, why does Croatoan want James dead? I yes, mean, it has. Well, he got the aether out of him, so that has something to do with it. But that also means that James was troubled. Well, that's true, too. That's so true too. Um, one theory, and Amy and I talked about this offline, is, you know, he did it so that there was no chance that Lucy could kill him and end the troubles. Thereby right. taking away the aether, taking away his food yeah. source, if you will, or what have you. Right. Um, but now that the barn is gone, right now, talking about yeah. current day, what is he doing? Why did he try and have Nathan killed? Right. In the trial of Nathan Warnos. Yeah. You know, um, what, what is the game plan here? And that's something because, that's still elusive. Right. We don't know that because Croatoan is going after all of Audrey's love, her son, Nathan, her present day, um, you know, boyfriend, love of her life, and her mother. So why is he going after all of Audrey's loves? I don't quite know what you said, Amy. That's the great unknown that we're still, we still need answers on all this. Very much so. Yeah. But, absolutely. you know, Nathan and his, his, his genius mind, he took the information they had, right? Barbara Colton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colton is the key to this. The ring is a key to this. And he took Vince, you know, ushered them back to the to present day. And after being, after kind of, you know, decompressing with Audrey. Yes, yeah. And she brings him a drink to kind of, you know, yes, yeah. He unveils the plan. And the thing that I want to note, though, is before he left, he couldn't have executed this plan in present day. He had to have the wherewithal to do this before he and Vince came back. Yes, he did it in 1983, of course. Yes, He did this plan in 1983, so he wrote a letter to Duke. And so this is bringing us to Duke's story. And I'm really happy that this ties this up. I'll be honest, I had no idea where this was going or why we we ran into Haley or what was going on. I was like, there has to be something to this. There has to be something to this. Yeah, the whole Haley storyline. So she's Haley Colton, and it's a Colton who can open the thinnies. Um, But let's just touch really quickly on Duke. a Duke is not used to being on the other end of that treatment where he was kind of like the prisoner being held captive. You know, Duke's usually always in control and uh, he can fight back and he's got his guns. And so this was a new scene, to, a new experience, excuse me, for Duke, I thought. Um, you know, who would have ever thought we'd hear Duke yell out, help, the way he did? I mean, um, well, in a lot of ways, Duke was, Duke was kidnapped, uh, tortured, in a yeah. sense, if you will, and, and held prisoner for, for, yeah without knowing why and he could have been any of his past coming back it could have been that bank robbery that Haley did yes and that's what he thought and that's what he thought he thought it was the government and then the unknown was eating at him and it ended up being the boy he tortured in uh elementary school by stealing his stuff the Saul Goodwin who was the photographer kid who takes that Polaroid of Nathan and Vince and I have to confess Amy I was a little confused at first I thought that little photographer kid was the young Nathan um 
but by the end of the episode, I realized what was happening there. But yeah, so Nathan, um, well, first of all, I loved when Nathan told that young kid where Duke hides all his stuff. So Nathan told Saul, the photographer, as a kid, where he could go to get his good camera, right? Yes. And that is the camera that he used when he took the iconic photo of the Colorado kid. So I kind of think Nathan's in a roundabout way responsible that we have that photo because he told Saul how to get his good camera. Yes, and also Nathan is responsible, I think, for instilling in Saul probably the fact that he is a government agent, proving by the fact that he knew where his camera was, hey, you need to deliver this letter to Duke Crocker. You may not know where he is. You need to figure it out and follow him. And find him. And find him no matter what, all, all at all costs, on this day, you have to deliver it. Yes. So all these years, Saul has... Uh, he remembered that mission, of course, well, until the shroud went up and he couldn't quite remember stuff, right? Because the shroud, nobody outside of Haven knows about Haven. Um, but he sure came through and he delivered that letter to Duke from Nathan. Uh, Nathan knew the only way to contact Duke because the shroud is up and Haven doesn't exist outside of Haven. Uh, so Nathan knows the only way to, for present day Nathan to contact present day Duke, it had to be via the 1983 letter, right? Yes, I, one, with one correction, Nathan doesn't know that the outside world doesn't know about Haven anymore. No, I think Nathan, present day Nathan knows that. That they I don't think, know about it? They know I you, think, you can't get but, out, but he can't know. Well, he can't know that anyone isn't aware that Haven's off the map. Well, he, they know that they can't get out of the shroud and they're isolated and they're trapped. Yeah, but that's it. That's all he knows. Well, no, no, He no, has no Nathan, confirmation of anything else. Well, no, no, no. In Wildcard... Uh, when they found one of the body, um, one of the first victims, um, not the guy who was trampled, but the next victim, and Nathan said something like, it sure would be easier to get, um, you know, look up a, at a database if the shroud was down. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that, that he knows that the outside world, he doesn't know that DC doesn't know that Haven, Maine is no longer existing. I understand what you're saying. Is it kind of a technicality or I don't know? No, I'm okay. just saying I got you. he I got trusted you. Saul Goodwin to do this and put the faith in Saul Goodwin. And so despite the fact, however he dictated Saul Goodwin, uh, mm -hmm. Saul Goodwin took this thing to heart that even when he lost his memory of Duke, because he was aware of Duke before, yes. right? It was only at, when the shroud came that he lost it, that he was still aware, I need to find this guy named Duke Crocker. And he knew that because he could read the letter. Well, he didn't see the letter. Right. He just saw Duke Crocker and knew he had to give it to him and forgot yes. why he had to do it at this point. Yes. Yeah, Just that he had to do Absolutely. it. That's, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. So Duke so, now knows how he has to find Haley. Right. The question is, will he? And if you saw the sneak peek, we, we pretty much, you we have the did. answer to that. Right. Um, well, well, Duke was on his way back to Haven anyhow. But yes. to your point, Amy, yes, now he has to bring a Colton, and he knows that that's going to be Haley. Um, but I do have a... a uh, on Duke, you know, going back to 1983 very quickly, we never got our answer, or we have not yet gotten the answer, as to why Lucy was holding Duke's hand in that iconic photo. Correct. And Okay. And I think I want to say that one of the writers said we would find out in the episode, and if we felt that the answer wasn't there, we could ask them afterwards. Okay. okay. I think that was, was something that was out there, but um, it is still a question. I mean, but that... You know, kudos to the, the cast and crew for recreating that iconic photo. It was fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Very, very well done. And I am so excited for next week's episode, uh, which is coming home, close to uh, home. Yeah. 
close to home. Is that it? I think it's close to home. I think so. Yes. Too. Close to home. Episode 21. Um, and guys do do get your friends to tune in if you can, because it's such a ride. We are in for such yeah. a ride. There's one, two, three, four, five episodes, five weeks, le- uh, four weeks left. And we, and we should, um, although this hasn't been officially announced by Sci-Fi Amy, I think we all know that Haven will end with a double episode on December 17th. They will show episode 525 now and episode 526 forever. Um, th- those will both air back to back on December 17th, and that'll be the conclusion of the series. So take December 18th off if you can, because you might need it to recover. Yeah, emotionally, we will all need it. <laughs> all right, guys, till next time, we're out. This is Revisiting Haven 